Welcome to the Solution to Real Estate Podcast, where myself, Phil Sexton, and Jeff Seabach, we come together at our glass table with our two microphones and our Do Shit You Love poster to talk to realtors about ways to put the consumer first in their business. At first, I, think, I mean, you say we come together because it's funny because we sit in chairs next to each other, but then we come together. <laughs> yes, that agreed. is. Okay, I'm agreed. glad you think that's funny. Okay. Every day. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> So we come and we we record our podcast in a public Zoom room environment, right? We've got a Zoom room. We've got eight people on that are our that are our studio audience, right. if you will. They interact. They ask questions. We until answer we're as big as Johnny Carson or I guess the new guy. Who's the new guy? Ed McMahon. No, no just kidding. No, no. The uh, John Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Right? Until we're that big, right? Like we're this is our introduction to. Hey, hey, Tracy, how have you been? Wow, long, long time, time no yes. see. Awesome, and Linda, welcome back. Good to see you again. Um, Angela McIntyre in the house. Wow, good to see you. Dove Valley Ranch, I think of them all the time. Always, yes. Um, so let's see, what I was saying is if you're listening to our podcast and you want to join us in the public Zoom room, then the way that you get the text notification with the link to join us on Zoom is to go to cbach.com, our website, yes. and slash careers. I don't know why we don't have a special page for it. Just go to our careers page on our website. At the very bottom, you'll see a place you can type in your cell phone number, and that will add you to the list. cbach.com forward slash careers. Yes. Okay. S-I-B as in boy, B as in boy, A-C-H. Oh, career.com slash careers. And then you can join us in our live studio audience via Zoom yes. next time we do one of these. We don't even make them pay the... To 10, huh? No, no. But today's topic, which I I can't believe it's taken this long to get to, is what should you be working on now with the the impending downturn? All right. Well, I mean, first, because I'm curious, question for the studio audience, um, only because we got a full one out there today, is do we know when when, when we're going to reach the downturn and, and why? Right. Like, like what you can either say, when do we think there's going to be a downturn and why? I mean, because right now we have um, fifty four hundred homes in MLS. So clearly the downturn isn't tomorrow. Right. Like, but it's always good to be. That was like a clue to the answer of the question that you're asking. I know. Well, but I want to hear with their ideas, because obviously getting people to come, they must believe there's an impending downturn. Because if you didn't believe there was one coming you wouldn't come today because you don't need to be prepared. You know what, though? You know why there's an impending downturn, Jeff? I want them to answer. We'll hear your answer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. JB in the house. JB. All right. JB. How many homes you guys got up there in Seattle? I'm in debt to JB. Oh, hold on. I'm temporarily on me. Oh, there we go. We have, so I work on the east side of Seattle. We've got 330. Um, houses that we sell a month, we currently have less than 90 available for sale. Wow. Wow. That's less than us. That's okay. So, so, so good. All right. But uh, thank you for participating. All right. Um, is everybody else, is there anyone that's in uh, a state where there's more than two months of supply? Carlos, what do you got? How many homes on the market there? Uh, last number I saw was 1220 and that's including condos townhomes distressed pretty much and how many sell a month uh 375 to 425 and what market he is in 
what where Corpus where Christi, is Texas? Corpus Christi, Texas. Yeah. So you have four months of supply? Uh, no, no. Let's let's review the numbers. Well, I gotta I gotta check my numbers again. Okay. okay. But as far as the home sold a month, that's. But yeah, my number for the homes listed, it's it's about twelve twenty. Twelve hundred. I think it's like currently active. Texas Realtors puts it out like one point eight months worth of inventory. Okay, almost okay. two months then. Well, then it's more like they sell 600 homes, right? Like six, right. 700, right. Seven, 750 is what the math would be. We have Judy. Judy, thank you for joining with the video. It's nice to see smiling faces on the other side here. What market are you in? Oh, so there's a magic trick in Zoom. If you push the space bar, it'll temporarily unmute you. You got to hold it though. Oh, okay. Well, I'm in the uh, Phoenix market. Okay. So how many months of supply are there? 1.2. Oh, okay. Ooh. So, so uh, for those that are new to the audience, we're going to help Julie out here. So um, the old school realtors thought that it was a good idea to include UCB, CCBS in the active account because she's clearly mm -hmm. including those numbers to come up with 1.2 months of supply. If you exclude those as the number we're looking for, which is the true available homes because right now you only count you count the 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 active inventory that you count are the homes that don't have contracts on them right well because in arizona statute it says that if there's a contract it's considered sold but yet we still market we'll, we'll get to that at a different yeah, time yeah, yeah. okay, okay good well, i i work in um sun lakes which is a active chandler activity. yeah and we have almost just less just a little bit less than ten thousand homes in all of sun lakes and right now, as of today, the act, the number active, not UCB or anything else, was 41. Wow. Awesome. And how many sell a month? How many sell a month there? Uh, whew, um, I don't know. I really don't. I don't have a stat for that. 30 if it's 1.2 months of inventory. Exactly. Right? 30, well, roughly, if we're yeah. going with that roughly, those All numbers. Right. Awesome. Okay. All right. So low inventory okay. is what your point is, is that there's low inventory across the board. Every time we talk to realtors in different marketplaces, they say the same thing. And that is there's low inventory here. Right. So are you, are you well, scared? A, a, a downturn usually, I mean, cause in our marketplace, um, the market gets about flat at about five months of supply. Okay. What do you and, mean and the market gets flat? Uh, the market stops appreciating. Got it. Okay. So then once we get the seven month supply in our marketplace is the last time it prices went down year over year. So we had, we had exceeded seven months of supply. So it is, you know, if we all got one month or less than one month or two months of supply, we're still, so the good news though, is what I'm trying to point out is, is we have a little bit of runtime to work on what we're going to talk about today because but to, but right now I want to I want to quiz the audience. I want to see who our brightest stars are in the audience, and that is what is going to cause the downturn, and then we'll get into what we need to work on. So it's gonna be a little bit longer show today, if that's okay, Phil. Thanks, thanks. Yes, Jeff. Look at the audience. Obviously, a hot topic. I'm thinking all the um, mortgages that are going to be coming on that have are being the moratorium right now. The forbearance, the for excellent. For okay, so then 
to go one level deeper on you because that's just the kind of guy I am. I love that. Julie answer. is how many Judy. homes in America are in forbearance? Can I? Two and a half million. JB, it's great. David. Two and a half million. Yeah, exactly. That might have been David. David, thank you. Two and a half million. Good job. Right. So that's yes, about yes. 50,000 per state, roughly. So um, in my research as well, because I knew that was going to be one of the you, options. All right. All right. Yeah. So other than forbearance, is, is everybody thinking it's forbearance or does someone else have another reason why we're going to head into a downturn? I think it's when the Kraken arrives. The interest rates are going to rise as well. What, what did JB say? Well, interest the rates. Kraken. The Kraken. What's the Kraken? It's the new Seattle hockey team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is going to kill your market. Yes. Okay. Who said interest rates are going to rise? Me. Who's me? Judy. Judy. And David. Okay. And yeah. David. All right. Well, let's let David speak since Julie spoke before. David, what, what's in the chat? Alex? What's going to cause interest rates to rise? Our newly elected president. <laughs> wow. Okay. Nice, All right. nice. Is there anything else? So we're going to call that government policy? <laughs> yes. Go no, it's, it's the Fed. The Fed is completely, it's completely independent of the, the, regardless of who's at the political party. So it really, if we have a change in the Fed chair and a change in the Fed itself, then I could see it going up. Okay. Are, are you well, saying this you're like mean, me. in the face of right now, because they're saying the Fed saying that we're going to hold interest rates low through 2023. You're saying that you think this is going to change to cause a downturn or you're going to say it'll happen once, whenever they start to raise rates. Yeah. Well, how about affordability? We have a change in the Fed. I mean, okay. Okay. I like affordability as an answer as well. Add that one to the list. Affordability. All right. So the foreclosures, uh, foreclosures Victoria. Well, that kind of goes with forbearance, the moratorium on. Uh, is that just the step before foreclosure? <laughs> forbearance. Well, forbearance is a hint that you're going to head into foreclosure. If you're not so. making your payments because of forbearance and then forbearance goes away and you've got to get square and you can't, then you get foreclosed. Right. All right. Okay. I'm looking for one more answer. I heard job loss, actually. I heard. Mm, yeah. Okay. We'll put it on there. It's on that ding, 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 family feud style. That You're giving them an X on yeah. job loss? <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. Inflation. There. Ding, ding, ding. Inflation. JB. I mean, JB. Well done, right? Inflation, right. So, inflation. Yes. So, JB, you want to. Inflation. That, dude, I would have. I could have swore that on your top five count, you were going to have. Another one. Okay. Was there any more, any other things that would ca cause a downturn? Absent world war. What about the absent... stock market falling? Maybe, maybe stock market falling. Thanks, Phil. Stock market falling. Does anyone else believe that if the stock market goes down by more than 50% that the real estate will go with it? I do. No, okay. I see David's shaking his head. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, technically, the stock market and the housing market do not act in unison. Although we, um, oh wait, in the stock market. What about what about consumer confidence? Well, the stock market is a uh, 
financial projection of consumer confidence. So, uh, so yes. Oh, so consumer confidence is a derivative then of the stock market? Well, if consumer confidence is bad, the stock market doesn't go up. It goes down. Yes. People spend money based on their confidence. Back to your point, though, about what happened in 2000. Well, in 2000, um, the NASDAQ skyrocketed, um, even though uh, what even though the Fed chair Greenspan said um, there's irrational exuberance and it can't continue, it then went up by uh, two and a half times after he said it couldn't go up anymore. So that was wrong, the Fed chair. Um, but the the tech stocks crashed, not the overall market, but the tech stock and and the, the our real estate market just continued to, to, to be unchanged, unchanged, unaffected yes, by exactly. the stock market. Um, and uh, but, but I would argue that the stock, the real estate crash caused the financial crash. So uh, in 2008, meaning the real estate market went Fair. first and the stock market followed. But Jeff, I thought this episode was about what to be working on now in the face of the impending downturn. Well, I, but we got a full sort of audience and we got it. We first have to clear up because I want them to be able to communicate accurately the things that will cause. I mean, well, with us, right? So the planning meetings that we have, the reason why we talk about these causes is because then there's different phases of what you work on as that impending downturn comes. And so the, you don't have to push gas on like the critical ones until we get closer to seeing these things change, right? Yes, right. Like, yeah. I mean, because, well, here's the thing is, is because today I'm going to talk about maybe spending marketing dollars. And obviously, if the crash was going to happen this year, we probably, well, we'd be, spent, we might pull those back right. and hold them yes. and yeah, yeah. hold them so that yeah. when it does go down, we can then capture market share. Yeah. I mean, to yeah. me, this is my gut on the marketplace and, you know, I think it'll be all across America. Right now we have too much low supply to really have a significant crash. And the, but I do believe that we're going to experience significant appreciation across America, actually, in the, the real estate market due to inflation, right? Because the Fed pumped, uh, they print, I guess I use the word printed, even though it's technically not printed, they added 35% more supply of money to the world in the US, which is called the US, because <laughs> our world is the US, right? So but by adding 35% more money, that's gonna cause inflation. And then there's really not much they can do for inflation other than raising interest rates. That's the way. But the thing is, is if they raise interest rates slowly, we won't see the we won't see a crash. I don't believe like the because that's the question is an impending downturn isn't an impending crash. Like we're not sure how this thing is going to land. Right. We're not. But I do believe that because the the last quantifiable stat that we saw in the marketplace was um, in 2013. And we saw, it was the thing that brought, the last time we had a supply increase was not the foreclosures, but in 2011 and 12, the market was getting hot and the, the Fed raised interest rates three quarters of a point in a six month period of time. Sorry to go economics for y'all, but that's really what happened. And we grew supply by over 10,000. And considering that we have, um, you know, under 6,000 homes on the market, if we grow supply by 11,000, that's going to 
cause headlines to be written headlines to be written that we're coming for a crash. And then I think that that will kick in the silver tsunami that uh, Zillow wrote about because there's four years ago, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, sorry for those that are with Kelly Williams, my apologies, but the Gary Keller predicted the market was going to crash in 2016. We've gone up now about 30% since then. So if you took all your marketing dollars off the table, I'm sorry, you know, pick a different brokerage, right? But, you know, so, but now we're, to me, because the we've been going upward, right? Like, and now we're going to go to hyperdrive, right? Um, that's why I wrote the article that it could be a super cycle, which is 20 years of appreciation. I don't know that we're going to get to 20 years because now I didn't anticipate the Fed dumping in- uh, 35% more money. 35% more money, which yeah. is going to be, and there's the reason why we're going to get prepared now is because the market's going to remain on fire and it's like, okay, I better handle my business well because, um, because it's emotional. It's our business. And sometimes it's easier to be level-headed about what your plan's going to be before you're in the face of, I got to do something different. Correct. Right. 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 Awesome. Okay. Good Let's deal. take, should we take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back to this? Great. All right. Are you an agent in the Phoenix metro area looking to join an elite team to help expand your business to the next level? Agents that apply our strategies grow their business by an average of 300% in their first year with the CBOC team. If you're interested in learning more about our leads, training, and marketing strategies, visit cboc.com careers today. That's S-I-B as in boy, B as in boy, A-C-H dot com slash careers. And now back to the solution. And we're back. Awesome. Thank hey, you guys thank for you hanging for with, us. with us. I appreciate you listening to those sponsors. That this podcast is awesome. All right, good deal. All right, so we we so, got that out of the way. All right, now right? now we know what to be watching for on on when we need to get a little bit more. I don't know when we need to roll our plan out faster. Yes. yes. So what we're talking to our people about now, the key is: Do we going to go at number one? Number one. Yes. Do anything you can to get as many clients as you can. Okay. Okay. Do anything you can. Why? Right. And what that means is, you know, maybe it's either going to be marketing or it could be discounting. Like because of the super competitive marketplace that is now created by low supply, um, I think, you know, there's going to be more discounting, right? Like uh, we see it now. Like if you want a listing in the Phoenix marketplace and you're, you know, I mean, if the house is 150, maybe you're only going from, you know, uh, a full commission to a little bit off, but especially as you go from the mid price point of a city, which ours is now 290. Yeah. 300, 310. Yeah. So if you're at that or above that, there's going to be significant, competitiveness because of the low supply to get inventory and that to me because listing, have- listings is everything right and so to me you should you should do whatever you can and it's okay to to trim a little off of how much money you're making now because business begets business and you can't let listings slip out of your fingers 50,000 agents here are all chasing trying to get 5,000 listings 
it's going to be competitive, like I said. Yes. yes. Thank you. For, uh, see how competitive, for those that are just joining us, maybe you haven't heard past podcasts, why I hate generalism, where I said competitive, and then you said 50,000 agents are going after 5,000 listings. See how more impactful using real numbers is? Using real numbers. Yeah. yeah well, that's, I mean, 101, not be specific with your numbers when you're talking to people about how's the market. Yeah. And maybe it's 49,994 realtors. I would say the number's gotten higher. <laughs> COVID, COVID saw, the school saw a boom during COVID. Exactly. All right. Good deal. So number one is do whatever you can. So to me though, it is um, coming up with a message if you're going to do marketing, because we're I think we're we're gonna kick in some marketing, right? Because we need to, we we need listings. We I mean Adam's practically on vacation. Adam's our listing manager. <laughs> he, he has a look on his face like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in in Phoenix, the first part of the year, listings are off 29% since last year. That's crazy. All right. So number one is get more clients. Do what you gotta do to get clients now. And, and yes, right? All right. Yes. Number two. Number two. Does any Are there any Rotarians that listen to us? Like, I'm a Rotarian. And the four-way test at the end of every Rotary meeting, number one, is it the truth? Number two. Does anybody else think that when I say number one, number two, or am I alone here? He's alone by me. I'm a lone soldier. Yeah. Okay. All right. So number one, is, collect more clients. Number two, what do you have written for your number two? Because I got a number two. Well, to me, it's... um prepare your strategy for okay. the downturn, right? Okay. Like, so um, those of you that were not here um, on president, was it president's day or no Martin Luther King day, Martin Luther King. Um, we had our first st strategy session on what are we going to do first? Because right now you should be in full bore marketing, Right. Like you should yes. be you should be spending money like a drunken monkey, they say. Oh, I, my phrase would be it's OK to be a little wasteful as you're experimenting. Yes. Today. Right. Right. Well, because you want you have to figure out. I mean, when you say prepare strategy, part of that is you got to figure out what makes the phone ring. Like what specific actions make your phone ring now? Well, what specific actions get people to reach out to you? Tracking where your business comes from. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, well, because to me, we're going to shift because right now we are uh, spending lots of money trying to generate leads, websites, open houses, open house marketing. We're talking about last week about doing marketing pre uh, trying to find ways to, to sell our houses um, and get as many leads from our listings, right? like those kinds of strategies. Um, but when we go to a uh, uh, downturn, why we want more clients. That's why we're the number one is more clients is because we're going to go to a database, more database focused, less, right? less, yeah. less marketing to strangers, more marketing to people that already know us. Right. So you should yeah. be out meeting as many strangers, opening up as many avenues, as many pillars of income as possible. Like to me, it's uh Run fast. I mean, the, the beautiful thing is that the market cannot be better than it is today to win, right? Like we were talking oh, to an elite agent. What? It's yes, it can be. There could be more houses for sale. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I meant um, clarification. You don't have to convince people. 
to move in when it's low supply. You don't have like you. Right. No, you have to find a house. You have to find the house, right? Your 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 strategy is become a uh, well. I guess the the what I'd be working on and depending is how to find houses that are not listed. You mean it, now or you, you, now? Now, obviously now. Yes, is because the supply is so tight. Supply is so yes. tight, right? right. Well, because how are you just gonna? find more clients. It's not because right now there's lots of buyers. All you gotta do is sit in an open house, buy some Google paper, click leads. Uh, I've got a neighbor. Lopo, uh, I found a new lead Zillow. source, Jeff. Okay. I, found a new, I haven't even told you about my new lead source. My neighbor turned his house into a VRBO. You know what happens every other week? New people come. A new buyer Falls into his house. Do you live right. in a, do you have a HOA where you live? No. Okay. So yeah. tell us about your neighbors. No, I'm just saying that yesterday we got a note on the door from the lady next door. She said she was actually pitching my wife, Mary Kay. She said she's in town looking for a house to buy. Guess what? They've been looking, they've been looking for two years. They're ready to, or they've been coming here for two years. They've been trying to, now they're ready to buy. And shocker. It's hard to find a house. Yes. But lead, right? But that's lead. why that's why uh find become a house finder. Yes. And the yes. way I mean we talked about this in previous episodes, but the, the key is to make sure that every lead you check in monsoon, um to if see if they own a house. Yes. All right. No, Tracy, just curious, are you still with Condomania? I'm with HomeSmart now. Oh, awesome. When, when did you leave? Oh, geez. Uh, two plus years ago. Awesome. Congratulations, by the way. Good deal. Yes. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah. So number three, which is actually something that I love doing. Yes. Well, I, love, to, I mean, because you get you kind of ignore this one every once in a while as you're as the market is going good, as the business is closing, this one tends to fall to the wayside a little bit. Well, it's funny because I said do whatever you can to market. But the, this is the backup to that because it's making sure the number three is uh, review your expenses. Right. Yeah. Because we know so, the downturn is coming is that you need to have all your expenses, print them out and figure out what you can turn off now, right? Like we did it last yeah. year, but it's time to review expenses. We did it last week because as we're looking to see what it is, I mean, one of the, one of my favorite ways to review expenses is to just cancel your credit cards and then get new ones. Yes. And who's going to call you all the auto charges that you've been set up with all the things like that, you know, that $25 product that, that comes out of your account every month that you've never used. Uh, I know I'm not the only one, <laughs> right? Like those are the ones that you've got to, what's interesting is when you get ready for a downturn, it's actually just practicing prudent business. It's especially when it comes to expenses is understand when you're going to be, when you're doing your preparation strategy and you identify what makes your phone ring and where the business actually comes from, it helps you turn off the other stuff. That's just unneeded expenses. Well, the, yeah, the idea of expenses right now is to turn off the things that you can turn off now, but then to itemize the things that you are spending money on in which I, you know, so that, because we rank them, we not itemize, but prioritize. Well, I mean, look, prioritize what items you're spending money on. Yes. Of which one is going to go gonna, next? Which, which one, one's going to go next? Right. Which one's going to go next? Because the thing is, is the, the challenge of it is, is once the shit hits the fan, once the market starts to move we downward, just, 
Yeah. Yeah. We, um, this is not a Gary free, no, no curse zone. Sorry. No shit. No, no do shit. No, 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 no. He has a new podcast. That's no cursing. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I didn't listen. Um, <laughs> but the expenses is to, so that he, you, he, cause you want to, you were in his previous target market. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. Well, cause what you want to do is you want to be able to, um, logically, I mean, just to give a, a another thing. So, We've been working on the CMA. Uh, we've been talking about the CMA a lot. The next thing after the CMA is l- learning to use the buyer booklet. Does anyone, Ooh. oh, that's a non CBOC member that's on there, know what maybe buyer booklet? Anyone know what buyer booklet is? Never heard y'all talk about it. Okay. The buyer, yeah, JB knows what it is. Absolutely. What's the buyer booklet, JB? Pause, mute button, hit the space bar. Should we all pretend that we can hear him talk? <laughs> it's it's the uh, the packet I leave behind at any prospective buyers, uh, people with moving trucks in front of their house or who uh, anybody who's getting ready to, yeah, whatever it takes. Okay, all right, that is not our buyer booklet, but thank you for your- I love buy- that buyer booklet. That was though. good, okay, yes. good deal. All right, so- Because our buyer booklet isn't a marketing packet. It is not a marketing right. Package. Like we obviously yes. use different definitions yes. for words all the time. Yes. Our CMA has no comps. Yes. Our buyer booklet is not a marketing. Yeah. Buyer, our buyer booklet is uh, an item. What is a purple cow type item? Okay. It, some something that is different and remarkable. A la Seth Godin. Uh, right. Different yes. and remarkable. And again, if you notice, with a lot of things that we talk about, it's a play on words because. Whenever I say buyer booklet, you think of what the title company gives you that goes through the uh, contract and it goes 47 through, pages of uh, wasted, uh, wasted paper. Yes. Yeah, they're killing trees. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But it's and, and it's not that. It's not that. We're talking we about wouldn't, the, Yeah, we wouldn't kill that many trees for, with that we, much useless information. It's elect. We have it electronically. We can just send it to somebody while we got to print it out for them. I don't know. But the buyer book that I suggest everybody to do, and this is going to help you win more clients because it's going to help you stick out. Because if you know how to find houses and you present the buyer booklet, you'll win more at open houses. But it's um, charts about the market that you review with your buyer the first time you meet them at a house. Okay. Second time, worst case scenario, but ideally it's, um, it's a market review with your buyer, right? That talks about supply, demand, and prices in a graphical format. It does even include interest rates. And if you want to send me your buyer booklet, what you think it is, we'll give you feedback. Feedback, yep. yeah. Anything you yes. So one of the things, though, but I'm, it's meant though. It's meant. I want to talk about the buyer booklet. Okay, good. The buyer booklet first came out when you could see that the market was improving, but the national news and consumer confidence was talking about it was still doomy and gloomy. Right. And you were having trouble convincing people that it's actually a good time to buy. And so then you came and we had, I mean, I remember the lead that you gave to Alex, right? And Alex is out working with the client and he shows them 153 houses and the guy won't write any offers. And so he sets up a meeting to come in talk with you. You present, you go through a series of eight charts that's overview of the market at the 10,000 foot. And then it drills into the 5,000 foot talking about what we're seeing in the marketplace from a graphical standpoint, not us realtors using words to communicate, but 
using economists' charts to communicate the point, and then he wrote an offer on the next house that he saw. Yes. Well, right. So it's, that, it's called, that booklet we use selling with pictures is the model that we use. Yes. Yep. So that booklet, that that explanation of the charts in the marketplace helps people helps change their mind. Well, in general, you want to source it, not your data. You want to be able to pull it from we pull ours from Michael or. Well, even when you're talking about the 35 percent more cash in the industry, I want to I, I can't help it. I want to say, oh, you mean the M1 chart that the Fed puts out? Exactly. Like it's not no. us that said 35% more. It's no. the federal government's chart that talks about there's 35% more. Right. Well, the reason why Phil added that is because we're adding that to our buyer booklet chart because we need to give in we need to demonstrate to buyers that, well, this is going to cause inflation. So don't be scared that the market's gone up a little bit. We're expecting it to go a lot more because of because it's true. It's going to go up because of the money supply. Right. I'm going to say that a little bit differently. The charts on pricing, on how the pricing in of homes here in the Valley is starting to go through the roof, scares people to think that they've missed it and then they want to wait. And so to overcome that objection, you include the chart from the Fed on how much more money is in the government and how much more money has been printed last year to so that they know that the value of their dollar, people, when they're afraid of inflation, they run towards hard assets like real estate. Right? right. So get in now so that you can protect that dollar that you just made in the stock market. Right. I think the other thing to, to know is that, you know, real estate is different than financials. Uh, we'll ask the audience, what is the main reason why real estate can continue, will continue to transact even, I mean, because we were still selling 50,000 homes during the worst crisis ever, we're still selling some homes. It's not like there was been no homes, but the, the, what is the biggest reason why real estate's different than the stock market? JB? Because people need a place to live. Yeah, exactly. Hey, there you yeah. go. Well, it's, yeah, it's funny. Well, it's, it, I love it. It's kind of, kind of like uh, the Brady Bunch or Family Feud. Right? Oh, because like, you yeah. have the different <laughs> people on the screen. Right. Yes. Good deal. All right, but the buyer booklet should include the, because the markets are going to get extended. And that, as we're at the end of the cycle, you want to be able to get every conversion possible. Um, Excellent. All right. Let, I think we should review. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Number one. Um, do whatever you can to win. Do now. whatever you can to focus any, on more clients. More clients right. now. Like for instance, in our best listing, our best listing strategy. This is something that we've said for years: is to sell somebody a house and never forget about them. Meaning you continue to market to them. Yes. Get a buyer in a house in an area that you would want listings. And then you just never let them forget about you. You're dripping on them, your database marketing, you're communicating with them. You're doing, you farm your database. You well, do your, if you want to do prizes, if you want to do whatever it is that you would do in a farm, like at an HOA event, do to your database, give them ice cream, do invite them to the park. And subs under that, I include spend money or discount in the deals when you find the leads to make sure that you win because you're trying to create new spheres, as many new spheres as you can. Why relying on your database year in, year out without doing any marketing? The challenge is that only grows at 10% or 15%. And the way that you wanna, if you wanna increase your business by 50 to 100%, you have to do things that expand your sphere, right? Open houses, uh, a lead source like Zillow or Google pay-per-click or whatever it is, good deal. Um, 
the key I, number two I, number two is um prepare the strategy right right think right. about it now before you're faced with holy crap i have no sales like let's figure out let's let's itemize let's prioritize what we are going to do in the event that inventory all of a sudden rises or demand all of a sudden falls right right, right. like our like i'll give you an example like our strategy is right now we are um full on spending as much money as you can we're turning up our PPC campaigns, but we, we're turning up our mailers. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're also making sure that we're adding every client to our database. Like we focused this year, making sure that we went back, making yes, sure that yes, all the houses yes. that you sold this year, making sure that their uh, emails updated, making sure that those things are, you know, to me in preparing for when we go into a, uh, more because you cause yeah. what, the challenge is oh, when no. it, in the downturn like the last time is I had to cut expenses and if you're only going to spend marketing on one thing it's a it's it's communication to your database here's the deal I think that it's funny that let's just say that the bottom falls out and then you begin to and then you called your client that you hadn't talked to in three years to say hello that's just not as cool as when the market is great you establish, you don't need the business. It's not a desperation call. It is a relationship call. You establish that now so that when the bottom does fall out and you're calling for business, it's not like you're calling out of the blue. I haven't talked to you in three years. Well, the other thing is, is during the downturn, what happens is more people list houses. Supply is going to rise. Therefore, in that strategy, as you're reaching out to those past clients, you want to make sure your phone rings first when they're calling for listings. And if you haven't talked to those past clients in 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, you're not gonna be the first one they call. They're gonna be Googling and looking for the next person on Zillow or whatever website comes up. And that you want, that's preparing yeah. for the strategy. We, Number three is the expense management, which I think we already kind of chatted about. One the, of the one of the note one of the things that I love about expense management is that when you think about it now, what are we going to cut? And you get into your expenses, it's going to show you things that you should just cut right now. I mean, honestly, to give you an example, most, it's weird to think, I know this might be hard for people that um, may not sell a lot of houses, but most elite people don't make a lot of money. They you mean most elite, most top producing agents? Don't profit a lot. Right. Right. You think they do, but it's really, they waste a lot of money paying for every, like, I mean, there's a, there's a, <laughs> There's a coach out of Canada. I won't say who he is. I've used some of his tactics and he has some really good advice. But one of his Craig? one of his <laughs> one of his advice to his elite agents is don't learn something that you can buy. Right? Like don't like learn the oh, web yeah. if you you can that just buy it. That and is that is a, against our principle of everything that we think of. That's also against downturn protection. Yes. Right. Because, but what happens in that strategy is people tend to pay for newsletters that don't work. They pay for yeah. websites that don't generate income. Like that's the stuff that you should be um, in your expenses ruling out. Like if you didn't do a deal in the last 12 months and you're spending marketing on it, unless it's a new farm, you should be turning it off, right? Like farming is, is, is never a bad strategy. Number four, you have a home finder on there. Well, because it, you're going to need to have a strategy along with, that's why we came up with the buyer booklet is to win more. 
you have to be a home finder. It's the help for helps one. Oh, today be a home finder. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Because if I'm going to be working, if I'm going to prepare for the downturn and I want more clients, it's not like I can walk out the door and be like, hey, I need more clients and they're going to show up. Like, that's not how it works, hold right? On, on, the primary on. skill. Oh, yeah. Because you need to have one of these if you yeah. do that. Right? I mean, to <laughs> me, I always think of Kenny from South Park. Hey, no, no. Anyway, good deal. Um, thank you if anyone got that, right? Like, that, 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 that's a... He was yeah. the kid behind the mask. You yeah, but he had a very significant thing where he was in class and he's like, how would all you right, like? All right, okay. all right. So the buyer booklet, I think, I think right now is a great time to practice the buyer booklet because the buyer booklet isn't convincing people that it's a good time to buy right now. The buyer booklet is, I think, convincing people that it's okay that their criteria isn't all going to get met. Well, no, I mean, to me, buyer booklet is a great time. Why we like to do that the first time we meet is because when agents make recommendations, when they're making offers, the client doesn't hear you. Let me repeat that. Oh, you're a realtor salesperson. Right. That's like the problem. What, what the buyer booklet does is it helps you negotiate. It helps you be respected when suggesting prices yeah. because you've already established with the client that you understand the market better than them. But it's also a time where you can, during the buyer booklet time right now, when you're reviewing the charts, you're going to be like, okay, like for instance, the good news is, you know, I'm going to take you out, look at houses, wherever, but we're going to have to offer over asking price. We're going to have to allow them to lease back the house for free. We're going to have to pay for seller concessions. We're going to have to pay for the seller's closing costs. We're going to have to waive appraisal. We're going to have to waive inspection. Like before you get into the strategy, that's how, uh, that's a strategy that's going to help you get number one. And that's how you're going to get more clients is because you're going to do the buyer book it before you get to the offer stage. That way, when you be like, ah, I remember I told you before, they had a chance to go home and research it. And they they, they, viewed, it, they viewed it as you being educational, helpful. Yes, exactly. In, and in not, the beginning. not, yeah, because at the contract stage, when you're like, okay, well, you're going to have to ask over, offer over asking price. They look at you like, you're, you're just trying to sell me this house where when you present it, up front, you're um, being the educational salesperson that you want to be. What, Fuck, we, what yeah. we say with that, what we say with that buyer booklet presentation is the fail of not presenting the buyer booklet is not immediate. The failure of not presenting a buyer booklet is when you can't get a buyer over the $5,000 difference or the $10,000 difference, whatever it right. is in your market. If you have a client that is not willing to offer what they need to offer to win, that's a sign for you to look in the mirror and be like, oh, I got to learn how to, to present, do, the, buyer how to present the buyer booklet. Because the, if you present the buyer booklet well, then the, the writing the contract is, okay, it's 340. Do we, the, the client should be in today's market, especially if you got one and a half month supply, one so Like, do we got to offer full price or can we, do we have to offer 10,000 over on this one? Or is it 15,000? Like we just had one where we saw 25,000. 20, it was a, yeah, it was a, in a house in Glendale backed up to the mountain. The winning offer was $25,000 over because it had a pool. It was upgraded With and views, it, it was in the 600,000 price range. So that was 4% over asking price. 
is in our marketplace with one and a half. Like that's, but you need to prepare people. The, the problem is, is you're trying to negotiate when presenting the contract at the contact stage while there's emotion involved. Way too much emotion. Right. It's kind of like trying to talk to uh, a dude that just lost his girlfriend about what he needs <laughs> to do the next time. No, that's no, not like, no, no, I got another one. I, it's like, when your wife is yelling at you for you not doing a good job or like not, I don't know what it is. And your response is, honey, you look pretty today. <laughs> like, you're, you're not going to win that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good try. But if good you, try. you know, or, yeah. or, I, I like to send flowers after, you know, a nice date. Don't send flowers when you're in trouble. Right. <laughs> yes. It, it is. Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. All right, guys. All right, hey, questions. Oh, right. questions yeah. for the audience. If you if you heard anything here that might help you, if you thought, man, that was cool. At least I got one thing out of it. Would you leave us? Would you leave Jeff five star review <laughs> on the on Apple iTunes or on Google Play Store? All right, Eric, you got any questions there, bud? And the space bar. Yeah, he's got it. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, I've had a home buyer's guide for just over two years and having a home buyer's guide does make you stand out versus a lot of other agents. That's why I like it. But it's also to set up your buyer's expectations of and what they need to not do. The, the, I had one buyer last year that she got pre-qualified, even wrote the contract on the house, got her accepted. And then she decided, oh, since I'm pre-qualified and I'm under contract, I can work 25 hours a week. No, you have to keep working 40 hours a week until you close escrow so that the underwriter doesn't catch it. And that's what happened. So having a list of 10 or 12 commandments of things not to do is very important. That's in one of my pages in the Home Buyer's Guide. But the things that you just talked about, I'm going to put a page in there about Offers like in our market and then make offers of in relationship to what the market is. So in this hyper low inventory sellers market have, you know, don't, don't ask for concessions, offer way over list price, depending on the price of the home, of course, based on the percentage. Look at the other comps of what they've been selling for, because in these lower price, in these lower price categories, like an STV and Queen Creek, where they're 200, 250, and Florence, uh, they're putting their list price too low because they're trying to make a bidding war. And so when you see them, what they closed at, they're 20,000 over. Yeah. That, shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a surprise to us if we educated our buyers and say, look at what these others listed for, look at what they closed for. Because if a, if a realtor's not doing that, they're setting their buyers up for making offers that are never gonna get accepted. Awesome. Fair. Thank you for your And what I would suggest is make sure you have a chart of supply and then demand to when you present those strategies, you want them to, you don't want to, you don't want to present them blindly is what I'm saying is you want to show them a picture of look the, at how, look the at cause how, right. of your staff. And in, in the case, it would be, you look at what the supply was, a chart that said 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and it's showing how the supply has gone down because then when they see that and it's like to give them a reason. And, and when you show them in a picture, it makes it, you don't have to say a word because it says a thousand for you, Phil. Hey, That's why I do my market synopsis because even- oh, just Market synopsis. Yeah, market synopsis. Awesome. All right. Thank you. 
Any other questions? <laughs> Thanks, there? Eric. Thank you so much for your feedback. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, wait, I have a Zoom card. Any other questions? Just to confirm, we want to spend, if we got the money, we want to spend our marketing budgets and kick them up and do them now. Yeah, like now is the time to play, practice. You got that idea that you're like, I wonder if this will work. Now is the time to do it. Now is the time to try it. Let's not wait until this market goes down because that's when you start holding Yeah, back. don't leave any. You go to proven strategies when, you're, when your marketing dollars are more limited. Yes, you only go to things that you know work. It's not a good time to, you know. Don't wait for the downturn to try that idea that you've had in the back of your head. Do that now. What avenue have you guys found to be most successful trying to find a home for somebody if it's not on the market? Oh, what avenue is most successful to find a home? That's tough. There's no, I, I love the question. It's the, it's the magic postcard question. Um, to me, there, there's, there's eight things that you got to do over and over and over again, and you never know which one's going to work, but it's, it's trying to find old. I mean, the eight things that you want to do every time include door knocking at times. It includes direct mail. It includes looking at canceled and expireds. It includes looking at uh, apps like our digs, like for fizbo.com. It includes looking at, I, I mean, I mean what, like, uh, uh, the coming soon on the, because not this coming soon does not get syndicated out. I mean, to me, the most success, I mean, this is not identifying homes before, but it's monitoring the, the, the home, like creating a safe search and, um, watching that six, six, six times a day for that new house being listed to make sure that you're out and give your buyer the, you know, the competitive, um, to make sure that you're, you're in the house first. Yeah. I mean, we use letters in the past, Tracy, um, a thing that I call buyer letter, yep. but it's sending a, a letter to a target neighborhood that has worked. Um, and then the other thing is calling agents that sit open houses in a neighborhood calling the agent that sat there to see who were the people that walked in their open house can also work for finding houses that if you know the neighborhood the client wants to be in whoever has a house listed there if they did an open house they're likely to have neighbors that walked in that open house that then would i mean at least you get one side to find a buyer for where you can't find a house right dangle the buyers would you write an offer if you were door knocking, like you have a client that know, you know that they're going to spend 400 grand on a house. You write an offer for 400 grand. You go into a neighborhood that's typically worth maybe 370 ish and you knock on doors and you say, I've got an offer from my buyer. He wants to buy your house. What do you think of that? Would you like to review I it? I don't like to do things that are not like that's too scammy to me. Got it. I, I wouldn't like... That's just unrealistic. I mean, we I, we were on a listing appointment up in Tatum Ranch, and the agent wrote, like, he oh she, yeah, because we see she that. was circle calling, and it just looks cheesy. Oh, that's right, right. They circle call, not just the call, but they circle call with offers. Like they were doing that with offers. Yes, and I yes. thought that, that was very insecure. I mean, we won the yeah. listing because that was very um, insincere, insincere and fake. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair. Fair. Hopefully that was helpful, Tracy. It was. Thank you. Yep. Anyone else? All right. 
Thank you guys you. Yeah, for coming. The solution. Subscribe. Adios. And if you got a buyer booklet and you want feedback on it, if you uh, send, send it, it to, to us, us. We'll, we'll give you feedback. Thank you for coming.